0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Chatted Up Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Shooter, bringing you interviews, news, and reviews about all things Upper Peninsula. I've got a really great episode for you guys this week. And as always, we're going to start it off with This Day in Upper History, which is brought to you by the good folks at Pasty.com. That's P-A-S-T-Y dot com and the Pasty Central Facebook page. So here is... March 25th, this day in Uber history.
1: Pasty Central Day in History, March 25th. Michigan's Upper Peninsula has rich threads of Native American history. In 1863, the state of Michigan began recruiting Native Americans for service in the Civil War. The result was the famous Company K, an all Indian company of soldiers. On this day in 1865 Company K fought bravely in the defense of the Union's Fort Steadman in Petersburg, Virginia. A decisive battle near the end of the Civil War. By that time roughly 150 Native Americans had served in Company K. Choosing to fly a tethered live eagle instead of a flag these soldiers fought bravely and distinctly on many occasions in the fight to end slavery. Pasty Central Day in History, March 25th.
0: Another huge thank you to the folks over at Pasty.com and the Pasty Central Facebook page for making that segment possible. It's time for this week's interview, and it is with Bailey Jeanette. And this interview actually came about uh, thanks to TikTok. (laughs) Uh, I, for the longest time... Avoided downloading TikTok. It just seemed like it wasn't a place for a guy in his mid-30s. But my wife was constantly texting me all of these funny TikToks all of the time. So I figured, okay, I better see what all the fuss is about. Uh, So I got on there and I'm kind of scrolling through stuff. And I came across this awesome post about life on Mackin Island. And so I went over to this person's page. And I noticed they had... Over 300,000 followers Over 5 million likes And I went down this like Rabbit hole of looking at all of their Posts and um, You know some were You know beautiful scenery And kind of the romanticized version of, of Mackinac Island that many of us think of But also some really great posts That kind of take you behind the curtain And really show the day to day life of living On Mackinac Island And I think just about all youpers at one point or another have probably, you know, asked the question, I wonder what life is like living on Mackin Island year round. So I decided, okay, I've got to get to the bottom of this more. So uh, this person's TikTok page had a link to their Instagram. I went to their Instagram and they had their email address listed there. So I took a chance and I reached out to Bailey and thankfully she agreed to sit down to chat with me and uh, you know, going in completely blind and not knowing a person I wasn't really sure how the convo would go but um truthfully this is probably one of my my favorite uh interviews that I've done done thus far it turned out so great um and as I always say I'm gonna just let it speak for itself so without further ado let's chat it up all right, ladies and gentlemen, I am here with Bailey Jeanette. Bailey, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's start things off the way I always do. And I'll ask you, uh, where, where are you from originally?
2: I am from Escanaba, Michigan. Um, I grew up there my whole life, graduated in 2015, and I didn't leave until 2018.
0: Okay, so, you are besides living on Mackinac Island. I mean, you are a true Uper, then being from the UP. So, when I say to you growing up in, in Escanaba, what's the first thing that kind of pops in your head?
2: Driving around for hours with my friends listening to country music.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> that's all I go back to.
0: Is it like, uh, do you guys like drive the main dragon, Escanaba? Was that like the thing? Oh
2: yeah. Go? Okay. So here's the thing. All of my friends, we all have different orders from different fast food places, which is so funny because I live, I live on Mackinac Island now, and that's just not an option that I can even think about. So it's just so cute to kind of reminisce. You know, I would stop at Taco Bell for my order. Marissa would stop at ta- or McDonald's for her order. And we just do that for hours and every day. Was- right. When nothing (laughs) mattered.
0: I know I I can relate. Iron mountain was the same thing. Me and a a good buddy of mine who actually has been on the podcast, Brandon Urkla, he and I would drive up to Taco Bell at one end of the strip and all the way down to the Sidco gas station on the other end. And it was just back and forth.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, at least in Escanaba, we had a lake that we could go sit at and like, you know, a Walmart parking lot, but yeah, (laughs) you, you get it.
0: Yeah. So exciting. (laughs) So, all right, let's, let's talk then about how, how did you end up on Mackinac Island? How did this all come together?
2: Well, first things first, uh, I lived in Escanaba (laughs) and not to try. I love Escanaba. I love going back home, but you know, I just, I feel like I always really needed something more. And I feel like a lot of guests that you have on your podcast, just know they have a calling to be elsewhere and for me, it wasn't even necessarily leaving the UP. Um, that's just how it worked out. But I just, you know, I knew that I was wasting a lot of time. I knew I wasn't, there was nothing really keeping me there that I was passionate about. And I was like, I just, I got to go and kind of figure out who I am and what I want to do and who I want to be. And so I was like, I'm going to go like be a nanny or I'm going to go work at a ranch or whatever. So I applied to a bunch of different um jobs on coolworks.com because I just wanted to get out. And uh, the first employer that got back to me was the one here on Mackinac Island. And I was really happy because if I'm being honest, I wasn't really ready to leave the comfort of the UP because just the culture, the people and everything, it's its its everything I've known and I love it so much. Um, but Mackinac Island was definitely the right move for me because it was just far enough away and there's so much diversity in this small spot, but it also still feels so much like home, you know?
0: Sure. Sure. Okay. So you get this job offer on, on the island. What was the job offer? I guess, if you don't mind me asking.
2: Yeah, no. So I applied to be a host and busser at um, the carriage house restaurant here on the island. And I'd never had any restaurant experience. I have no idea why they hired me <laughs> because I mean, honestly, the island it's, it's hospitality, you know, they want professional servers. They want professional bartenders. They want, um, people with experience. I have, still to this day, I have no idea why or how they hired me. I'm so glad that they did. But, um, really the turning point for me was at the end of the season. I picked up a second job because it started slowing down at the hotel. And at the second job on this one day, I worked one shift with this one girl who told me that the city was hiring. And I was like, oh, what are you guys hiring? Um, And they were hiring wastewater operators. And originally I did go to Bay and I started down that path. I was like, oh, that's an easy job. I'll get in, I'll get out, I'll do what I need to do. And then I'll figure out what I want. But I never finished so it just felt so right yeah. and so like just the timing was so crazy so it was really I was like three weeks out from leaving the island I applied for the job I interviewed the next week and I accepted a full-time position and I mean the rest of it just all fell into place so easily really
0: okay so, yeah, it sounds very kind of serendipitous, but it's so really initially different. your plan was just like a season or two and then you were yeah. probably to move on.
2: Yeah. I was just like, you know, I just need something different. I need to learn how to like trust myself and I need to go and experience something different. I'd never even been to Mackinac Island, which is crazy. Cause I only grew up like two and a half hours away. Yeah. Have you ever been here?
0: I have, I've, but have. it's, it's been quite a few years. I went once when I was pretty young once when I was like a teenager and that was the last time that I've been there. So I kind of keep saying to my wife, I'm like, I want to go back now that I'm old enough to drink. Number one, because, oh, our you night know, is crazy. the nightlife is supposed to be great. So I, I keep telling her, I'm like, I want to go back. But when I want to go back, I want to stay a night on the Island. Cause I've never done that. It's always been like staying St. Agnes and just take the ferry yeah. across that type that's of thing.
2: Yeah, that's definitely the cheaper option. But I feel like when you grow up in the UP Cause I, I'm a terrible tourist of my home, you know, I, I don't feel the need to, I haven't gone to picture Grox yet because I haven't felt that sense of urgency, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, I feel like I've missed out on a lot of Michigan landmarks that, so yeah. So just coming to Mackinac Island was so random.
0: Yeah. I, you know, that's one thing I will give my parents major credit for is one summer we did like a UP tourist summer where that's- we, we literally went east out of iron mountain and we hit like every tourist trap thing you could think of we stopped and checked out i love and, that you know we went to all the way to the end of the up over in detour and, and did you do that.
2: the apostle islands
0: we, we didn't do the apostle islands but we went all the way over to detour then we went up to the sioux mm-hmm. uh, we did the sioux locks tour i think we came back down then and did mackinac island on the way back we hit like to falls and fayetteville and just everything all in one summer. And I give my parents credit because it's a lot of stuff that I probably, like you said, I would have never felt a sense of urgency to go and see.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it's, it's our backyard. So it's like, you know, I don't feel like I need to do it right now. So when do you ever make time for it?
0: Right. So do you know how many, how many exactly like roughly how many people live on the Island full-time like you do?
2: So the magic number is 500. Okay. Um, but this winter we've had so many new people staying just because I think the state of the world right now, not a lot of people wanted to leave the bubble. Uh, It's just, it's like such a safe place, um, especially to hunker down during a pandemic and whatever. So I'd say we're probably up to 600 people, still not a lot, but um, yeah, it definitely fluctuates enormously between winter and summer.
0: Okay. So this is the point in the interview where I actually have to apologize to you because the next batch of questions that I'll probably ask you is stuff that you've probably answered 10 million times over between your your TikTok and just, you know, people that you come across. So I'm sorry if these questions are redundant to you, but I feel like. No, no, no.
2: Redundancy is great. I love expecting this.
0: (laughs) Okay. So uh, my next question would be, so does, did you have to like find your own housing or with this job did was like housing provided? Cause I know obviously homes aren't cheap on the Island. And no. so I'm sure, you know, there's also limited space. So how, yeah, how, does, how does that is. all work out?
2: No. And that's a great question because everybody's always asking me and it's just, it's such, it's such a loaded question because it depends on who you are, what you're doing and what company you're working for. So for me, I came here in season and almost every employer on the island during the summertime has housing accommodations provided for you. It's part of the job. They know that you can't afford to live here. So they put you up essentially. Okay. Um, the winter is a completely different ball game because every single business that has employees living here in the summer, they shut their buildings down in the winter. So, everybody pretty much has to vacate. There's only a couple places that you can um, stay. So, when I moved here, I had housing through my job. And then, when I accepted my full time position with the city, for the first time ever, they had housing to offer their new employee. So, I did get really lucky in that respect. Like, I moved into something that I could have stayed at permanently. Whereas, all of my friends for the past 15 years that they've been here every six months, they're moving from their summer housing to their winter housing. So like I said, it's just, it's so vastly different between your experiences and where you end up. Um, But now because uh, my boyfriend has a job that provides housing. So now we're in this two bedroom or three bedroom condo, which is, yeah. So like I've gotten like I said everything on my entire Mackinac journey has just been so easy and just has worked out in a way that it shouldn't have so like in my situation housing was never a problem but you know I asked my friend who just got hired at the post office and she's having a hard time finding a place to live and I know that there's a lot of curiosity behind it housing here is unrealistic unless it's through somebody
0: okay okay there's that yeah yeah so I mean, you you mentioned your boyfriend. So so he's also on the island full time then with you. I mean, like you said, talk about why everything lining up like perfectly. Yeah.
2: Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, even so, it, I don't even know how that worked out because I accepted. So we worked together in the summer, but he was going to go back home to New Jersey. Okay. But I got a job on the island that came with housing, so I'm like, well, if you want to stay with me, like why, why not? So he did, he started, he was a substitute teacher at the school and that's what he was doing for work. He worked at the restaurant that we worked at together for six years. That winter, his manager quit and he just lined up perfectly, happened to be on the island, living with me, slide slid right into that job. And now it's our life today. And it's just, yeah, uh, I don't know how all this worked out. It shouldn't have, but it did. And I'm so, so grateful for it.
0: Yeah. Talk about the stars aligning. Wow.
2: Yeah. I'm glad that you
0: mentioned that he was a substitute teacher because I was going to kind of ask you about, about the school. So is it, is it like a full K through 12 school that's on the island? It it
2: is. Yeah. Um, it's actually funny because a lot, I have a few friends that are teachers at the school. I mean, the classroom sizes are anywhere from like, two students to five students. Um, I think this year the school has around 70 kids, 70. Oh, wow. Seven. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they're bigger classes than you would expect, but like the graduating class a couple of years ago had five kids in it. So yeah. <laughs> you can imagine. And a lot of them aren't even full time here. They come, they come in the fall, leave during the winter and then come back in the spring. So it's very, sure. yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Now, uh, you had mentioned, you know, a few minutes ago, like Obviously, it would be, if you didn't have housing provided for you for a lot of these jobs, it wouldn't be possible to live on the island. Besides housing, is is living on the island relatively reasonably priced? Uh, yes. Uh,
2: um, yeah. So, in my situation, I'm just going to speak about my experiences. Sure. Um, the most expensive thing, I think, about living here is just the... Um, getting used to the increase in prices just due to the nature of where we live is the shipping costs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you live somewhere like iron, you I lived remember. in Iron. Man. you yeah. know, like those convenience stores, however, like a gallon of milk was $5, but you didn't feel like driving into town yes. to get the cheaper milk, yeah. getting used to those prices, just being regular at my grocery store. That was a little bit of um, something that I had to get used to doing. Um. But other than that, like parking my car and still paying for my car and car insurance while I'm not driving it. Um, my boat pass is really expensive. But beyond that, the nice thing about living on Mackinac Island is that for six months out of the year, you can't really spend your money. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so like, I mean, things are a little bit more expensive here, but you're definitely not going to Meijer and sniffing the candles for three hours and leaving with, you know,
0: Oh, yeah, of- for, for sure. And so yeah. the the main grocery store on the island is, is Dowds. Is that it?
2: Yeah, it's Dowds. A lot of people like to pronounce it dudes. I am here to correct you. It is Dowds. Um, okay,
0: I'm yeah. glad I said it right. But I, I always see that you're hyping up Dowds and you have like your pop socket thing and stuff. So uh, I feel like I'm up on the lingo.
2: <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. They're great. Um, we're really lucky to have them actually because because we live on a remote island in the winter it can be really hard to get like fresh produce here and they actually fought really hard to make that um the city the city and Dowds fought really hard to make sure that that was more accessible for us so we're we're very happy with Dowds, even though they have higher prices (laughs) they take care
0: (laughs) yeah well and i think i saw in one of your videos when You need to do a really big haul where you need to like take your totes and get off the island. It's like an eight hour round trip just to go to Walmart.
2: Yeah, that is a whole day. Well, and it's not even that. So it's like the craziest thing. So the simplest things that you wouldn't even think about doing, like going to the dentist You just do that on your lunch break and then you go back to work. I have to dedicate an entire day of traveling just to do something that requires me leaving the island. So grocery shopping is one of the biggest things. It's so easy to run to Dowds every day and just get things, but it's just not sustainable. So, I mean, that's a, I got to take this and this day off of work. I got to get my totes out of my attic, bringing them down to the boat dock, heading across, driving across, driving It is such an operation. And like, I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't think about when they're like, oh my gosh, your life. I I wish I could live that. And I do romanticize everything because I just am so blessed to be living this experience. I really do genuinely enjoy every part of it, but people do not realize what a pain in the ass it is to try and go get toaster strudel. (laughs) (laughs) Like if you are craving something, forget about it. So it's like, there's a lot of conveniences that I've given up living here, but I mean, all of the experiences that I've had so far are so worth it.
0: Yeah. It, it's I don't know me- how
2: we went from totes and grocery shopping to me talk. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> no, you're, you're fine. It seems like when, if you've got something where you've got to get off the island to go do something, it seems like you really kind of live and die by the boat schedule. If I'm understanding it correctly.
2: Oh, Yeah. So So,
0: what (laughs) happens if you miss a boat? That's what I want to know. Or have you missed a boat?
2: Okay. Let's. Yeah. Okay. So the boat (laughs) schedule in the summertime, it's super easy. If you miss a boat, there's going to be another boat in a half hour, but here's the thing. So in the winter we have, um, the city puts out a bid for the winter contract and whichever boat line um, has the best bid gets that contract. And for the last four years, Starline has had it. The winter boat schedule, we have had three boats a day, no boats on Sunday, and the last boat leaving the mainland is three o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) The first boat that leaves the island is nine o'clock. So I get on a nine o'clock boat. It takes me an hour to get across. I got to go get groceries. I got to come back and I have to be back on the boat by three o'clock. Otherwise, which I have done, I have two options. I can stay the night in St. Ignace and wait for the boat in the next, the next morning, or I can hope that the airplanes are flying and they are still doing runs and they're not, not fully reserved. Um, it's crazy because I get like the worst anxiety. I'm such a control freak. And like timing is a really big thing for me because growing up in a rural area, you're taught, you have to be early for everything. Cause you don't know what's going to happen. You might get a flat tire, yeah. you might whatever. So I, that was instilled in me from such a young age. So like having to hit an exact time, every single time I leave this island stresses me out as soon as I leave. <laughs> so we live and die by the boat schedule. That is, but a couple more weeks and we'll have more boats and we'll have later boats and we'll have Sunday boats yeah. and I'll be able to leave for a weekend because we can't even leave for, <laughs> Yes. So schedule. is there
0: like a plane schedule then too? Kind of like a boat schedule or?
2: Mm, not necessarily. So there's two airlines that we have that run through here. That's Great Lakes Air and Fresh Air. Generally what you do is you call. Um, most people take planes when the boats aren't running because of ice mm-hmm. and we can't snowmobile across the lake because it's not hard enough yet. Yeah. So during that time, um, you have to call each airline and you have to reserve your spot and you it, it's like booking a real flight. Sure. But I mean, in the summer when, you know, you miss the last boat at five o'clock, the chances are they're still bringing mail over. So it's not too hard to just hop in a plane and go back over. It'll cost you, but it's, it's never too bad.
0: Is it like, it's not, it's not crazy expensive. I mean, like... No,
2: it's like it's $45 one okay. way. Yeah. It's not <laughs> crazy.
0: Yeah. That's not too, too bad. Yeah. Um, speaking of, you mentioned a little bit, the, like the ice bridge. So yeah. that that's got to be hit or miss, right? Like some years it happens, some years it doesn't. And it yeah. I mean, depending on the, the weather over there with all the wind and stuff, I'm sure the ice gets sketchy.
2: Yeah. So the ice bridge is such a taboo topic on the Island, just because so many community members have like, unfortunately passed away um, misjudging ice or like not driving. So a lot of our community members don't like to talk about it. And I totally respect and understand that. But the thing with the ice bridge is I think about it a lot, like, like sexual education. If you don't tell people the dangers and the risks and how to stay safe, um, they're just gonna, you know, do it at their own free will, and they're going to figure it out on their own. So the ice bridge is very unpredictable. Um, It runs from Mackinac Island to the shore of St. Ignace, right by the Mackinac Grill. Mm -hmm. Um, Generally, we have um, community members go out and spud the ice, check the ice, make sure it's thick enough. Um, We know that it's rideable when we have the christmas trees out so mm-hmm. everybody who has a christmas tree in their house after christmas we bring them down to the beginning of the ice bridge and once the christmas trees are up generally that means it's safe but because of the nature of really the lake right there there's an ancient riverbed that runs underneath um between Mackinac island and saint Ignace. so okay. that current is always eating away at that ice and all it takes is one good wind, one warm day. And within an hour, you know, there's a hole in the middle of the ice bridge. So yeah. it's definitely when it's, when it's working and it feels safe and rideable. And I'm going to say this because if I don't, I'll get hung in the town square. Um, <laughs> ice is never safe. We never condone traveling it, mm-hmm. but when it is there, holy shit, it is so convenient. Right. I mean, if I want to go get subway, I could just hop on my snowmobile, go across the lake, go get subway. And that's something that is so rare for us to experience. Of course, we always try to take advantage of it. Um, but it is a great way to experience the island in the winter. If you're an avid snowmobiler and you feel confident enough in your ability to judge ice, um, yeah, it's, we're, we do love having it. My first yeah. year here, we had a solid ice bridge for like three months. Last year, we didn't have one at all. This year, we had one for like a
0: month. Sure.
2: It totally fluctuates.
0: I'm like picturing in my head, like tourists who would want a snowmobile across, but then having like a warm day or something and then them being stuck.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, that's exactly what happened. So we had tourists come over um, for a weekend here and Lucas and I were leaving for New Jersey and we left on the plane because there were still no boats and we're like, there's going to be boats by the time we get back. And it happened and there were tourists here on the island with their snowmobiles and their snowmobiles had to stay here until the boats ran. Wow! So that's <laughs> totally a thing that people <laughs> definitely don't think about.
0: Yeah. Because
2: yeah, it can totally, it can deteriorate within three hours. I mean,
0: really. Right. Right. Now, obviously the big thing that everybody knows about Mackinac Island is, is there's no cars. You can't have any motorized vehicles on the island. Um right. I did see though on one of your TikToks that the police do have vehicles. I, I did see that and you have an ambulance. Does anybody else get to skirt the rules and have vehicles there or is that a secret you're not allowed to tell? <laughs> I mean,
2: here's the thing. I feel like I feel like I'm the stagehand at a Broadway show and if I show you all the pulleys and levers, <laughs> it's going to ruin the magic. Right. Um, but I will say that I am spoiled When it comes to having a vehicle on the island and I'm going to leave it at that.
0: Okay. Well, and I mean, I I could see it makes sense though, for like cops or an ambulance or municipalities, municipalities, that type of thing. Like it makes sense. But I mean, the other thing that's really cool. And you kind of touched on it a little bit when we're talking about snowmobiles is Mm -hmm. that, you know, at least in the winter time, you guys can bomb around on snowmobiles everywhere, which has got to make things really convenient.
2: Oh my god i mean it'd be impossible if you know the geography at all of mackinac island and for anybody who might not there is so many hills like it's ridiculous and the majority of people who live on the island live up in the village which is up the grand hill up Mm -hmm. another hill and then up another hill so it's like imagine three feet of snow bringing kids home from school or bringing home milk from the grocery store this is the stuff that our grandparents used to say. I used to walk uphill both ways in knee deep snow. We literally do that, but thankfully the city, um, passed the ordinance to allow us to have snowmobiles. So that's always been a thing because otherwise life here would really just, it it wouldn't make sense. Honestly. Yeah. Seriously. Um, I mean, Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: Oh no, you're fine. Um, so we've mentioned your TikTok a couple of times. You've got over 300,000 followers. I think you've got like 5,000 likes and counting on your stuff. How did Five you? What did I say? 5 million or 5,000?
2: 5, 5,000. No, I meant 5 a, million.
0: I'm sorry. I've got 5 million no, written down. I, I feel
2: again. like such a douchebag. I cannot believe I just corrected you right now.
0: No. I was so embarrassed. I'm glad that you did because I have 5 million written down, but I said 5,000. So I'm glad. You did your you did.
2: research though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm impressed.
0: How, how did you get such a big following? Was it kind of like a gradual thing or did it just kind of happen overnight?
2: Okay. So actually it's a couple of different, it's two things. So I originally started with a YouTube channel when I first accepted my job here, I was like, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. And honestly, I'm not going to lie. Ever since I accepted my first job here, I was like, Ooh, I'm going to make videos about what being a seasonal worker would be like. But then I got here and I was working six days a week. Ten hours a day i had no energy for that so so i got here and i was like nah that i i can't do that so i accepted my job um year round and i was like oh my gosh here i am now i actually live here i actually have stuff that i can record and i knew that people would be curious because I was curious. I was like, what does it look like here in the winter? You guys have snowmobiles? You have a basketball team at the high school that takes a plane to their rival island's school to go play basketball tournaments? What? So it's like, I, I knew the curiosity was there because I was curious myself. And then um, the thing was, is like YouTube never felt right for me because it's like, I don't I don't want to keep making full length videos of like random nonsense because I know that it's the little tiny details that people want to know. Like, where do you go get gas? How asinine would it be if I had dedicated an entire 10 minute YouTube video to that? No one's going to want to watch that. So TikTok just ended up just being the perfect platform to really show life on Macna Island. And you know, I started gaining popularity and then I had one video Uh, go viral where I introduced myself and I told my story. And that's when I was like, oh, people really do want to hear this. So I just kept going. And from there, it's like become this thing that has offered me so many cool opportunities. And, you know, going into it, I knew that the following would come with just really good content and like genuine curiosity and like answering my own questions. And like, I, I always tell people that, really for as far as followers it's like the it's it's the quality over the quantity because i really do think that people who come to Mackinac island are some of like genuinely the nicest people people who like understand the magic of Mackinac island and like are curious about it um i have just like the greatest community online and i'm so thankful that i've found people who share this with me and like i love being able to answer the questions that they have because i was in their shoes before
0: Does it ever get overwhelming for you? Like thinking about like, is this the right thing to post or what are people going to think? Like, does that ever like get into your head at all?
2: Oh yeah. All the time, but like not necessarily for the reasons you would expect. It's more so just like, I don't ever want my community to feel like I'm exploiting them. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to do a really good job of asking people like, Hey, is it, I I got this video of us. Is it okay if I post it? And sometimes I say no, and that's totally fine. But really, honestly, for me, that's all that I care about. And if at the end of the day, it became like harmful to my community in any way, I would, I would absolutely like, I I would take it all away because this, the real life part of it is what's most important to me.
0: Sure, sure. So to circle back a little bit to the no vehicle thing, you post a lot of stuff about the horses that are pulling carts and and doing things of that nature. Because people are always obviously super curious about that. Um, it, maybe I'm, I'm off base, but I think I saw in one, like your garbage guy has like a cart. He rides like a, a cart with the horses and everything to pick up the garbage. Oh
2: yeah. Ev- everything, construction materials, garbage, recycling. Um, I mean, even yes, everything really truly is delivered and pulled by horses here. Um, of course we get away with it a little bit in the off season with the municipal vehicles and snowmobiles, but horses really are what run this Island.
0: Okay. Now I'm guessing does like all of the garbage have to be taken off the Island, like on a boat.
2: It does actually. Um, that's one of, I don't know. I, I work for the city. So like, I'm always thinking in terms of city, whatever. Um, but yeah, so the landfill actually, um, We have a trash barge out at British landing. (laughs) So if you're ever out at the dock at British landing and you're wondering what that green boat is, that's our (laughs) trash barge.
0: Okay. (laughs) Um, Now, so I know you use your snowmobile a ton and you bike around a ton. Mm. Do, Do you ever just miss having like your car? Like I know your car sits across, you know, the Across the way from you. And I, I know you said you can kind of, you know, with your municipality stuff, you can kind of skirt that a little bit, but do you ever just miss being able to, to get in the car and go?
2: You know, I don't think that's something that I ever really miss if I'm being honest, because there's nothing ever like that urgent that I'm really going to that. I'm like, it'd be so much easier if I had my car because honestly my legs have become a biking like my body is a biking machine at this point I am up and down those hills all day so before I probably would have said oh yes I wish I could you know drive up and down these hills but as of right now I'm just enjoying it because and people ask me this all the time are you going to stay on the island forever I don't really have any plans on leaving um But, you know, I'm also not opposed to leaving for the right opportunity or the right thing. So I'm just really, really trying to focus on all of the unique aspects of living here and like really growing to romanticize and love them because I know that this probably isn't going to be forever.
0: Sure, sure. Um, You had mentioned a little bit about go like going to get gas and such. How much, I mean, how much is it to fill up your snowmobile? I mean, is it like just crazy or...
2: Um. Okay. So funny you asked that. So gas prices here are five eighty five. It was like 585, five eighty five, five dollar. Yeah, for gas. I swear to God, last year I remember filling up my snowmobile for like thirty five dollars. But this year I didn't pay more than twenty bucks. Wow. Maybe because prices were down and I just wasn't paying attention. But yeah. I mean, it's not crazy. The prices are definitely higher, but I only get gas like once every couple weeks.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: Yeah. We and- we don't have too far to go.
0: So. yeah <laughs> well, and I'm glad that you mentioned like kind of unique things about the island. another thing that i i I know that you mentioned um in one of your videos that I thought was super cool is um and you you also mentioned your friend live uh working for the post office um that you guys don't have like street addresses
2: oh yeah, no um yes, okay, how do I put this? I feel like someone told me that during the Patriot Act is when we really got like physical official addresses, but mm-hmm. no one uses them because I mean, Mackinac Island in and of itself, like everybody just knows each individual landmark. And then when you live here, there's not that many houses and there's not that many people. So those dray drivers, they're like a catalog of addresses and people <laughs> up there. It's crazy. And like, we don't have mailboxes. So really this is a new thing because Amazon and like a lot of residents order their groceries from walmart.com, which weren't things that were accessible before. So now because we do have addresses, um, it is a little bit easier, but those old Dre drivers that have been here for the past 50 years. Oh my God. It it's up there.
0: Yeah. That's, that's super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know you've mentioned like okay the municipality or like the city itself so is there like a mayor and like city council like 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 an actual like government on the island?
2: Yes yes Mackinac Island has a real functioning breathing city council of some of the most dedicated community members actually our mayor Mayor Dowd um, she's one of the longest sitting mayors in U.S. history. Wow so I I, off the top of my head, I don't know how many years she's been sitting, but she does a really great job of um, remembering that the community is also an important aspect of Mackinac Island, the you know enigma that it is, the whole thing. So she really does um, she does a good job advocating for for the community, and I appreciate that. And our city council is just full of you know the most incredible people that I'm happy to have serving us. And putting us first
0: yeah that's great mm-hmm. I mean you know it's that's one of those things that I think when people probably think about the island probably gets overlooked a lot yeah
2: know? I mean we have a city council we have a med center we have a fire department we have a rescue team we have a bank, we have a T like we have all of the essential things that you need to call yourself a city because we truly are. And a lot of people don't. Yeah. A lot of people don't recognize Mackinac Island as a community. And that's Mm -hmm. what my content really does. Um, they just recognize it as, you know, the Disneyland Island.
0: Yeah. (laughs) When you kind of answer one of my questions there, when you said that there's a med center, cause I was going to ask about like a doctor or if like, you know, with all the horses and stuff on the Island, like, is there a vet like that type of thing?
2: Yeah. Um, so we do have a med center and we have a couple of like rotating doctors. Mm -hmm. Um, and we do have a couple of vets, but I don't think they're here full-time in the summer. They're, they're not that far away. Um, But going to the vet on the island in the wintertime, let me tell you, what a trip. I had to get my cat inside of a carrying thing. I had to put a jacket around the carrying thing. I had to sit on the back of my friend's snowmobile while my cat's meowing because she's on a freaking snowmobile. That's never where a cat should be. Um, And then we get to the vet and he rips all of her teeth out. So she's still not talking to me about it, but like, yeah. If you want to traumatize your animal, bring it to the vet on Mackinac Island. <laughs> about that. He was great. He was great though. He was awesome. He's not sure. traumatizing. The experiences.
0: No, I got, I got what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm glad that you can't, you know, we were talking more about the community itself because um, mm. I know that you had, um, had touched on in one of your your posts about their, um being a community theater. That had been like completely revamped and i thought that that was really really cool
2: yeah so that was another one of those things that just serendipitous um the uh, the restaurant that i worked for originally when i came here um the guy who was running the place we'd gotten we talk he would talk amongst all of the employees and we got on the topic of me living there and he's like oh you have to audition for the musical. And I'm like, a musical you say? I grew (laughs) grew up in Escanaba and I did theater with Players to Knock. And Mm so we started talking about theater and I was like, he was telling me how Mission Point was redoing their theater to allow the community to have a musical theater space. So I was like, let me put you in contact with my uncle because my uncle's um, he's on the board for the community theater association of Michigan. I was like, let's get him here and he can give you some eyes and like some input Mm -hmm. on what we need to make this work. So that whole connection right there, bringing my uncle here um, we got to go and explore mission point and I got to help like pick out the equipment that would now become what we use on our stage. So the first musical that I did here was Bye Bye Birdie. And I really did think that that was something that I was going to have to give up uh, moving to the island was my love of musical theater and performing. And I, this community just blows me away with um, just the activism and the participation and the quality of people who just genuinely want to see good things for this community. And community theater has been such a, a, like a center point for all of that because it really does it brings all kinds of people together and we're very very lucky to have that program here
0: yeah absolutely and you know also just an awesome thing is being able to take a historic building or historic place and give it some much needed TLC yeah
2: so um I don't know if you know much about Mission Points Theater but it was actually constructed by the Moral Rearmament in 1930. Fifty-six, I want to say. Um, this was like a oh, how do I say this nicely? A cult um, that kind of, <laughs> that kind of moved to the island, and the the guy who was the leader, he had these grand plans to make this Mackinac Island like this big convention center, and he started down at Mission Point, and he was like, I know, we need because in the fifties, like um, entertainment was becoming more popular, right? So he's like, we need to build the best theater. And we need to put on shows to portray our messages to the whole world. So they did, and they brought in like um, the RCA, they brought in RCA, which is the Radio Corporation of America to Mm -hmm. come in and like design the theater. Wow! So there's a theater on Mackinac Island that we use right now that is designed by like the best, the best of the best of the best um, of its time. And there was one point, I mean, they, so they were using the stage here, the historical theater. They were also producing films here. Mm-hmm. I don't, did you know anything about that? They're, they have a freaking sound stage. They were producing TV shows and movies on Mackinac Island. All because this guy thought it was a good idea. Obviously it turned out to not be a good idea because right. all of their equipment is now just in the basement because <laughs> moving anything off of Mackinac Island just doesn't make any sense. So we're going to store it, but it's like, Because of this random occurrence, we now have a flourishing community theater program. And like, it's also one of the best designed theaters in the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I did not know about the soundstage. I knew that there was some filming that had gone on there, like different movies and different things of that nature, but nothing like to the extent of what you're telling me about. But
2: yeah, no, I'm like fascinated. Mission Points history is so just crazy. And yeah, my involvement with theater obviously led me down a long rabbit hole.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I didn't know like the whole cult thing. I mean, yeah. if you could, you know, using that term loosely, but that actually <laughs> there, was a perfect lead into one of my random questions that I had for you with, hmm. you know, with, with all of the historic places on the Island and it being old and such, have you ever seen any, any ghosts or anything, spooky happenings? I got nothing. Nothing. Okay. I got nothing.
2: Nothing. I got nothing. I'm sorry. I mean, my friend had some pretty cool stories. Um, she woke up in her bunk bed, and she it was one of her first years on the island, and she knew that her friend was going through kind of a tough time with this guy. Mm-hmm. And she woke up from her nap, and she heard weeping, and she's like, "Girl, it's gonna be okay." And she got up, and she went to go like console her. No one was there.
0: Whoa. So. Yeah.
2: That's, that's one a, of That's a
0: good one. That's a good that's
1: story.
2: <laughs> she also has a picture of um she was walking she was taking a picture of the first snow and she was walking on one of the trails and very clearly outlined in the picture is is a man. Well, it's a figure for sure, but like she definitely had some spooky stories.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: <laughs> Unfortunately, I've none.
0: Well, uh, that's okay. Um <laughs> circling back a little bit about like winter does it ever start to to feel isolating at all like those times where maybe the planes you can't fly on a plane and you can't use the boat so you literally are like okay we're gonna have to ride this out for a little bit till the weather gets better like does that you ever get a little stir crazy
2: oh no I the isolation is so welcome here and like you ask anybody I mean because really we're so self-sustained um for six months out of the year we don't even really think about leaving the island so honestly truly it's those few days where no one can come and no one can leave that we just like we relish in that feeling because it's it's so rare for us um because it's just us and especially in a time right now where there's a global pandemic going on we do kind of we we literally have a geographical barrier um Mm -hmm. from the outside world so yeah, being isolated on the island is one of the best things. I do think that it takes a certain kind of person um, to be able to get through it because, I mean, the guy that I was hired with when I first moved here, he couldn't take it. He left. And it's, yeah, so it's really just case by case. But for me, I... I look forward to the isolation, especially biking down the street in July. I am just longing for a January day where there's no boats and no planes.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, speaking of like riding downtown or whatever, you got to tell me all about this street hockey game that you you posted about. Cause I'm a hockey guy. So seeing this awesome hockey game going on downtown Mackinac, I'm, I'm, I had major FOMO. (laughs)
2: So, street hockey, you say? Yes. So, one of the things that really intrigued me, too, um, I actually did a whole story about it. It's on my YouTube channel. Because, again, this is just one of those small-town experiences that and people don't realize. Like, this community is just so together. Um, Bino Street Hockey started uh, about nine years ago, and it's because our resident just sweet guy that's lived here for his whole life he just really wanted to do something to bring the community together and he actually had an older brother who played for the red wings so he was really inspired to start a hockey team here so they started picking up street hockey games every once in a while here and there and then um the community members just like saw how important it was to him and they decided to take it very seriously So we got two teams. We got the Mackinac Red Wings and we got the St. Ignace Storms. They are rivals on the streets, but they are buying each other shots in the bar. (laughs) Um, it's so cute. I mean, really, they get so into it. And it's a community event that everybody looks forward to every week. I mean, tomorrow, we tomorrow's the St. Patrick's Day, and it's, I want to say it's the last game of the season. So like, this is something that has really brought not only the hockey players together, but the whole community and just the whole story surrounding it is so beautiful. If you get a chance genuinely, and I'm not like, I don't make money off of YouTube at all. Um, go check out that YouTube video about, um, Bino street hockey because it really just is like this special Island tradition that means so much to our community.
0: Yeah, I will definitely check that out. Um, I also noticed that, um, you like to you you like in your off time i guess if that's the right term for it but you uh you like to pick beach glass
2: yeah i do
0: yeah so um, i know nothing about beach glass so i guess uh, what what's the what's the deal with beach glass
2: let me give you the long winded answer my guy so um, beach glass is essentially broken glass that found its way into the lake and it rolls along the lake floor under all that water and there's a lot of pressure down there so it sands it 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 rolls and tumbles and it sands itself um, smooth on the surface on the surface of the lake and by the time it comes to the shore it's it's smooth and uh, you can you can play with it you're not gonna you're not gonna you know cut yourself with it so I started collecting beach glasses because I'm one of those I'm I've ADHD so I can't just go and sit and enjoy a sunset. I need to be doing something. And so when I realized that beach glass is something that I could be doing while I'm enjoying this beautiful sunset on this resort island that I like to take advantage of, um, it just kind of turned into like this very meditative process for me. Just looking for glass, hearing the waves, hearing the birds. And it's just, um, it's something that just really calmed me down, especially during the summertime when it's so busy downtown, I can go find a quiet spot and I can just pick glass and listen to the lake. Um, But this... Hobby, I, I had so much beach glass. So I was like, whoa, what am I going to do with this? And I always kind of had this idea to make jewelry out of it. Um, but it wasn't until I started saying it out loud to people and then they were expecting it from me <laughs> that I started <laughs> doing it. <laughs> um, and yeah, I've started making beach glass jewelry um, in my free time. And that, in, so I can't pick glass when there's snow out on the lake. Mm-hmm. So during, you know, soft water season, I'm out there picking glass, but then when the lake's frozen over, I still get to be at home and play with it and make jewelry out of it. And it's been really nice to be able to share pieces of Mackinac Island with people from all over. Because like I said, the people who love Mackinac Island, like it's so weird. There's like this weird mystical magic around Mackinac Island that draws people in. Some people get it and some people don't, but like for those who do get it, it feels, it's like such an honor to be able to you know, carefully pick up this piece of beach glass and intentionally put it into a piece of jewelry and then send it to somebody who, you know, Mackinac Island means a lot to them. So the beach glass thing in short is tumbled glass from the bottom of the lake (laughs) that I turn into jewelry.
0: Perfect. No, perfect answer. (laughs) Ah. So while you're picking beach glass, the question I have to ask because, okay, the only, the only person that's ever been on the podcast twice is Bugsy Sailor. And Bugsy's like one of the most interesting guys in the UP. Like he, he, he's like the most interesting man in the world. He's like the Dosakis guy, but for the UP and he he's competes, He's guy. he comes, he comes to Mackinac Island every year on 4th of July for the stone skipping competition. He's, he's in the pro division. He's a pro. Oh,
2: is so, he?
0: Yeah. So that's why I got asked, do you skip rocks while you're Ooh,
2: picking? I don't skip rocks, but I might have
0: to start. You might. Sounds like I got. He said they're always looking for new people. So I got some competition. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) He'll be, if he listens to this, he'll be happy that I asked that question.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it's super cool. I actually worked at the carriage house, which is right next to where they do this um, stone skipping competition. So it was always really nice to see the crowd down there during our day because we had something to watch and something to look forward to. And it's cool to see like ESPN cameras down there. Like, what? Yeah. That's a real thing.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you had mentioned a little bit earlier about, uh, the guy that had, you know, kind of worked your position before you, he just like, couldn't cut it on the island and, you know, cause of the isolation or, or what have you, um, do you, do you have like a core group of friends that like stay, or is it a lot of like seasonal friends that are there and then gone? I mean,
2: yeah, is it hard to have I mean, a
0: social I, life.
2: I have both really. And it's like, yeah. I just love people. So I get, I have like so many different social circles on the Island that you wouldn't really expect. So I have my main group of friends and it's like 12 of us. And then I have like my professional, like, um, community service friends. And then I have my friends that leave for the winter and then come back in the summer. And I have my friends that are business owners. Um, And I have my friends that have like graduated from the high school, like a group of them. And I have a group of locals that I hang out with. Like, it's just the cool thing about Mackinac Island is we all know each other. And so we all have the opportunity to shift our environment, like based on how we're feeling. So I know that people are like, worry about the thought of isolation, but really if you put yourself out there, there's so much variety as far as social interactions go and, I mean, it's just, it really is just a matter of putting in the effort and like just being nice to everybody because you're not going to make friends on this Island. If you think you're better than the guy sitting next to you at the bar, because that happens here and it's super lame.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you had mentioned, you know, you enjoy the isolation or you kind of welcome it, especially after the, the summer craziness, Mm -hmm. The, the crowds just. That crowds just start to wear on you after a certain point.
2: Yeah. And like, it's not, it's to no fault of their own. I mean, all these people are on vacation and I get it. Um, definitely, you know, there is a certain mindset that people go into when they're on vacation. We like to say that they turn their brains off and we just need to be a little bit more aware. Um, I think sometimes it's just like, you know, it's, it's exhausting, you know, going to the grocery store and having to wait in line for, you know, 10 minutes just to get one thing because you live here, you know, this is part yeah. of your every, it's not an experience on Mackinac Island. Um, so of course it like wears on you, but it's never anything that's unbearable. And it's absolutely like, we know that that comes with the territory, but I mean, on the flip side, we do get those six months of reprieve. So, sure.
0: Sure. Yeah. Um, a little while ago, you you had just kind of briefly mentioned you know COVID and the global pandemic how has Mm -hmm. that kind of changed things on the island?
2: Honestly I'm so lucky that I'm in a small community that like cares about each other because we took it very seriously immediately our mayor made it very clear from the beginning that we we're going to be taking all of the precautions necessary to keep the community safe because we have such, I mean, we have a small population, but it's so fragile. You know, Mm -hmm. we do have um, compromised immune systems. We do have people here with underlying illnesses. We do have an older senior community. And at the end of the day, we all care about taking care of each other. So I think for the most part, we've done a really good job. It got a little like, dicey in the middle of summer when you know there's crowds of people in the street and there's no way to maintain six feet social distancing but I mean it's crazy because for the most part we got out pretty much unscathed um the community is doing really well everybody here not everybody here is vaccinated but a really good chunk of our community is vaccinated and I think we're going into 2021 um in a really good spot
0: That's good to hear. That's, that's really good to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, besides like the pandemic or, or COVID difficulties, obviously everything in life can't be sunshine and rainbows. Um, so what would you say is like the, the difficult part or some kind of the more tougher parts about living on the Island that maybe you don't like as much?
2: I really, I, you know, I get this question all the time and I feel like such a phony baloney saying it, but like I genuinely don't ever go into a situation thinking about how, you know, difficult it is or how much easier it would be elsewhere because I really do just genuinely embrace all of it. Um, I wouldn't say that there's one thing that's harder about living here than there is living in Escanaba. And if I'm being honest, I think it'd be harder for me to live in Escanaba right now, Mm -hmm. just because I don't have everything that I need there. I, 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 I have everything that I need here. I have every person, every emotional support, like group that I need here. Um, as far as just like existing as a human, I'm content, and there's there's really nothing I can complain about. And it sounds lame. I know you're not gonna believe me, but it's fine. <laughs> no,
0: no, I, I, I believe you. Uh, on the flip, oh, side oh, you of know that-
2: what? I do have one complaint. I do have one complaint, actually. Okay. Our Wi-Fi is not very good at all. <laughs> Our Wi Fi is pretty bad, but that's because they just installed their first fiber. Um, it's a fiber optic cable, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah not yeah, that yeah.
2: long ago, so they're still working on it. Um, the Wi Fi is poopy, but everything else really is sunshine and <laughs> rainbows. I, I mean that.
0: Okay. Well, so what would you say you enjoy most about the island life?
2: Hmm. Just experiencing something that I know a lot of people don't get to and like having really found my stride as a person and like how lucky I am to be in such a great community that offers me so many opportunities. Like I joined the Marine rescue team and that's because I feel so safe and heard and like respected here that I started having more confidence in myself. And, you know, coming from your hometown, it's, it's hard because everybody there watches you grow up. So everybody kind of still sees you as a kid for the rest of your life.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: the best thing about moving here for me was like being able to establish myself in my own community as an adult and having all of these awesome opportunities that I don't think I would have otherwise gone for.
0: I like That's that. That's
2: probably not the answer you were looking for.
0: No, no, de- no, definitely. I, I, I can appreciate that because I mean, you know, you moved out to the island basically in like 2018 and now it's, it's three years later and it's, it's also a, a time in your life for a lot of growth and a lot of change. And it, it yeah. sounds like from what you're telling me is the, the lifestyle has changed you a lot for the better.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Big time. Yeah.
0: Um, Okay, so what are what are some like hidden gems on the island? I mean, you know, what are some really cool things to see and do or, or places to stop into? Like if you were going to tell somebody, you know, if I, if I was going to come and visit the island this summer, where would you tell me I needed to check out?
2: Ah, everybody always asks me this question and I hate that I never have an answer prepared because I genuinely tell people like, don't plan your trip to Mackinac Island because you will feel so overwhelmed. And especially first time travelers, like you don't understand the timing between everything and the logistics getting from point A to point B. I genuinely just say, allow the island to show you what it wants. Um, I think that's one of the coolest parts about the island is there's something new to find around every corner. And I think it just takes an adventurous kind of person to get in there and Mm -hmm. like just see the island for what it is. But at the same time, I am a ride or die for the sip and sail cruises that they do here. Okay. Um, Me and my island friends, we will be like, oh, it's Tuesday. The uh, sip and sail is leaving in 15 minutes. You guys want to go? And honestly, being out on the water as the sun is going down underneath the Mackinac Bridge and there's a band playing and you're drinking with your best friends, like there is no better feeling or experience that can encapsulate like just that kind of environment on Mackinac Island. I know that a lot of people come here for different things. They want to see the historic side. They want to see the nature side, but really it's that feeling of like, being together and you know looking at the island and just being like are you kidding me look how yeah. beautiful this place is and it's just yeah i i always say go on a sip and sail cruise um but beyond that don't make plans
0: don't make plans just start exploring <laughs> don't
2: make plans get on a bike bike down a trail don't check what trail you're going down just keep going you're not going to get lost you're going to hit water and then you're going to make a turn that's the thing about mackinac island is It's so safe to take those risks. Mm -hmm. Um, You can, you can take a chance on getting lost because no matter where you go, you're going to end up on the shore. So I really do genuinely believe don't plan, don't micro plan your trip because you're going to be disappointed if you don't get to see everything. And yeah, that's how I feel about it.
0: So you have to tell me if I'm making this up or if I remembered this from when I was a kid. Okay. But when we, we like pay the 10 bucks or whatever to do the grand hotel, you know, like mm-hmm. to take the tour. And mm-hmm. I swear that on the tour, they told us that the reason that the porch is colored that blue color, it was, they tried a bunch of different colors to keep the birds away. And that was the one color that kept them away. Did I remember that correctly? Or am if I making true, that up?
2: No, that's totally true. Um, and if you come here, actually, you'll see that a lot of the summer uh, cottages have kind of followed suit. Yeah. So- So all of their porches are colored that blue and that it's totally accurate.
0: Okay. So the one thing I will, I've got to hold your feet to the fire on this as, as far as, you know, the islands famous for fudge, who's got the best.
2: Joanne's okay. 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 (laughs) But we all knew it. Here's the thing. I hate saying it out loud because my I have a friend that owns a fudge shop and her fudge is great. But for me, it's just the whole Joanne's experience. You know, you walk in, it's this beautiful Victorian layout. They've got a Tiffany chandelier. They've got the old school candy cases. They've got the fudge makers with the marble. It's a whole experience. When you walk into Joanne's, you really can't mess up cocoa, sugar and milk. So really anywhere you go, you're not gonna be disappointed. But for me, Joann's really does knock it out of the park. Oh, and their variety too.
0: (laughs) Perfect answer.
2: (laughs) There you go. As diplomatic as I'm trying, I can be.
0: All right. Um, So, you know, besides being like mega rich and being able to to purchase a million dollar home on the island, Mm -hmm. if someone was gonna try and attempt what you're doing, like a full-time life on the island. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you could like suggest to them or is it, is it kind of hard to, to make that happen?
2: I mean, really um, I never uh, was seeking out moving to the island. There are a few like places that you can work. Like I think the hospital has some housing, the school might have some housing, but I mean, really for the most part in the winter, you're on your own. Mm -hmm. A lot of the people who do live here year-round have been doing seasonal work here for the same company for years and years and years. So if there's somebody who genuinely wants to get to know the island in a more intimate way and wants to stay and stick around to be in the community, there's really no other way to do it other than to start seasonally and make those connections and like meet the right people. You have to just fall in the right place, really.
0: Yeah. Well, okay, so... So I've mentioned your TikTok. We've talked about your YouTube a little bit. So mm-hmm. if people want to follow along on your adventures and stuff, or even buy your earrings or whatever, how do they find you? This is the point where you should plug your stuff. How do how do all they right. check out what you have to offer?
2: All right. If you want to know more about life on Mackinac Island, you can find me on all social media platforms at Bailey Jeanette with two Y's and two T's. Um, My Etsy shop is up. It is not stocked, but it is coming soon. So that's where you can find me. um, And I hope to see some more faces over there.
0: Okay. Now we've checked every box and then some that I wanted to talk about. Is there anything you felt like that I missed or like that you wanted to bring up or anything else that you wanted to say?
2: Hmm how cool would it have been if I had this nice long thing to end off this episode with, but I really don't. I, you hit everything that, yeah, you got all the answers. You got all the answers.
0: I got all the answers I'm I'm okay with that. Well, there, (laughs) there is one other thing I need an answer for though. And Mm -hmm. it's the same. It's the same question that I ask every single person at the end of an episode. And that's uh, how do you like your pasty? Are you, are you a ketchup person or do you eat them plain or, or how do you like your pasty?
2: I like my pasty with ketchup.
0: With ketchup? Okay.
2: Sure. I, you know what, for the sake of the youpers, I I can't lie to you guys. I can't lie to you. There's only one pasty that I'll eat. It's the Mm. mac and cheese pasty from Graham's Pasties in Escanaba. I'm not kidding. That's the only one that I'll eat. Um, All the other ones I have a hard time with. I'm sorry. I'm not a good youper. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, um, the back and cheese pasty, at Graham's pass, definitely go check that one out. Don't put ketchup on it though.
0: <laughs> okay. F- fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Bailey, this has been a really fun conversation, um, and enlightening. And now I'm like, I'm all pumped on the Island. Like now I want to, I need to, I need to make a trip out.
2: Hell yeah. Definitely reach out when you guys come.
0: I, I certainly will. I will, I will shoot you an email or something and let you know when we're planning on coming out there. Cause it would, it would be fun to, to catch up or something
2: absolutely I'll take you guys around for a little tour
0: yeah that would be great so thank you again for coming on the podcast I really appreciate it it's been fun thanks for having me and that's going to wrap things up for this week's episode just want to give another huge thank you to Bailey for taking the time to uh, sit down and chat with me and share a little window into her life Um, especially when we went much longer than we initially planned to talk i had told her 30 to 45 minutes at most and we ended up going well over an hour so uh she was very gracious with her time and answered all my questions that i'm sure she gets 100 times over so i do really appreciate that so please uh go check out her socials if you want to continue to see what life is like on the island and uh, be sure to check out that etsy page because her jewelry that she does have for sale is really really cool Uh, Housekeeping per usual. I want to hear your thoughts, comments, concerns, takeaways. Uh, Maybe you have an interview suggestion. Um, Don't hesitate to drop me a line. You can reach me out at chatteduppod at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can find me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Just type in the Chatted Up podcast and you should be able to find me. Uh, Also please, wherever you're listening in, if you could, subscribe, rate, and leave me a review. But other than that, I am your host, Shooter, reminding you to keep your chin up and your eyes forward.